April 12th. Our reading in the New Testament today takes place in the book of Luke, chapter 15. Just before we begin the narrative, allow me to tell you what's going on here. These parables are Christ's defense of his ministry, explaining why he fellowshiped with sinners and even ate with them. See, he saw what they were. They were sheep that had gone astray and needed a shepherd to bring them home. They were lost coins, stamped with the image of God, needing to get back into circulation again. And they were disobedient sons, who were wasting their inheritance and needed to come back home to the Father. Jesus saw how they got that way. See, sheep are foolish animals, and naturally go astray. But the spiritual shepherds in Israel had not faithfully ministered to them. The woman lost the coin because of carelessness, and the son was lost because of his willfulness. The father did not search for the boy, but let him learn his lessons the hard way and discover how good it was back home. And then as we have our reading today in Luke 15, we'll see that he saw what they could be. He saw the potential. Jesus always saw the potential in people. The sheep could be brought back to the flock and bring joy to the shepherd. The coin could be found, and the son could return home and lovingly serve his father. There is hope for every sinner because Jesus welcomes everyone. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. April 12th, Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 32. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such despicable people, even eating with them. So Jesus used this illustration. If you had 100 sheep and one of them strayed away and was lost in the wilderness, wouldn't you leave the 99 others to go and search for the lost one until you found it? and then you would joyfully carry it home on your shoulders. When you arrived, you would call together your friends and neighbors to rejoice with you, because your lost sheep was found. In the same way, heaven will be happier over one lost sinner who returns to God than over ninety-nine others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has ten valuable silver coins and loses one, Won't she light a lamp and look in every corner of the house and sweep every nook and cranny until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors to rejoice with her because she has found her lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now, instead of waiting until you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and took a trip to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money on wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him to feed his pigs. The boy became so hungry 
that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home even the hired men have food enough to spare, and here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired man. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening in the pen. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the calf we were fattening and has prepared a great feast. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I have worked hard for you, and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the finest calf we have. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you and I are very close, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. We shall overcome. Deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome. Though I join hands so often with students and others behind jail bars singing it, we shall overcome. Sometimes we've had tears in our eyes when we joined together to sing it, but we still decided to sing it. We shall overcome. No, before this victory is won, some will have to get thrown in jail some more, but we shall overcome. Don't worry about us. Before the victory is won, some of us will lose jobs, but we shall overcome. Before the victory is won, even some will have to face physical death. The physical death is the price that some must pay to free their children from a permanent psychological death. Then nothing shall be more redemptive. We shall overcome. Before the victory is won, some will be misunderstood and called bad names and dismissed as rabble-rousers and agitators. But we shall overcome. And I'll tell you why. We shall overcome because the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends toward justice. We shall overcome because Carlisle is right. No lie can live forever. We shall overcome because William Cullen Bryant is right. Truth crushed to earth will rise again. We shall overcome because James Russell Lowell is right. Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yet that scaffold sways the future 
Behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. We shall overcome because the Bible is right. You shall reap what you sow. We shall overcome. Deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome. And with this faith, we will go out and adjourn the councils of despair and bring new light into the dark chambers of pessimism. And we will be able to rise from the fatigue of despair to the buoyancy of hope. And this will be a great America. We will be the participants in making it so. And so as I leave you this evening, I say, walk together, children. Don't you get weary. There's a great chap meeting in the corner. We shall overcome. We shall shall overcome someday Oh, deep in my heart I do believe we shall overcome someday Today, we're reading in Psalm 81, where we'll learn about the things that were. This section is an invitation for the people to participate in a joyful celebration, probably a Passover. Asaph gave them two reasons for sharing. It was God's ordinance and gratitude all God had done for them. It's good to set aside special times to meditate on the work of the Lord in your life, even today. And... We'll see the things that are. In spite of all that God did for His people, they would not listen to His word or do His will. One of God's most painful judgments is to permit you to have your own way. Now, for a time, you enjoy it, and then you learn how much you have missed. And we'll see the things that might have been. Had they obeyed, they would have experienced victory instead of defeat, fullness instead of emptiness, and the best instead of the worst. They could have looked back with rejoicing, but instead they had to remember with regret. See, the things that might have been will be if today you let the Master have His way. Psalm chapter 81, verses 1 through 16. For the choir director, a psalm of Asaph to be accompanied by a stringed instrument. Sing praises to God, our strength. Sing to the God of Israel. Sing, beat the tambourine, play the sweet lyre and the harp. Sound the trumpet for a sacred feast. When the moon is new, when the moon is full, for this is required by the laws of Israel. It is a law of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree for Israel when he attacked Egypt to set us free. I heard an unknown voice that said, Now I will relieve your shoulder of its burden. I will free your hands from their heavy tasks. You cried to me in trouble, and I saved you. I answered out of the thundercloud. I tested your faith at Mirabah when you complained that there was no water. Listen to me, O my people, 
while I give you stern warnings, O Israel, if you would only listen. You must never have a foreign god. You must not bow down before a false god. For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. But no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around. So I let them follow their blind and stubborn way, living according to their own desires. But oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me, walking in my paths. How quickly I would then subdue their enemies. How soon my hands would be upon their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before Him. Their desolation would last forever. But I would feed you with the best of foods. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 1 A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A young mocker refuses to listen.